0: You're listening to Yale Radio, WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Elaine King. Elaine, thanks so much for being with me today.
1: Oh, I'm happy to be here.
0: Elaine, let's talk about what you're working on now. We're talking on April 14th in 2022. Um, what, are you, what are you working on, writing, or involved in? I imagine it's a number of things.
1: Well, I'm uh, currently putting together an anthology of my writings, so I have to do a lot of formatting, and I'm getting pretty close to writing up a book proposal to try to find a publisher to uh, take this anthology. And then I'll be in New York next week, and I'm going to see several shows I'm looking forward to, of the shows charles ray who i did write about recently and um i'm looking forward to the david show and the homer and i'm also going to be writing about rona Pondick.
0: and what will you be in, in what sense you'll be um what exactly will you be writing about rona Pondick?
1: Well, the earlier shows I'm just going to see. The ones at the Met I'm just interested in seeing. But I will be writing a review for Sculpture Magazine on Rona Pondick.
0: And, and let's talk a little bit about your anthology of writing because that's a nice way of, of moving into you know, your, your whole career and, and all the writing that you've done. Um, to put together an anthology is unique endeavor really you're looking over all of your your previous work you're i imagine selecting what you think is best and also seeing yourself from another perspective to some degree right you're looking back on 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 work and um and and in that sense how how is that experience of doing that you're you're editing i imagine you know in terms of which pieces should make it into the anthology or which pieces shouldn't so um as you're putting together this anthology what What's happening? What are what are the kind of thoughts that you're that you're going through, or what, what's that process like? Because I would imagine it's it's reflective to some degree and um, and, and eye opening as looking at older work can often be.
1: Yes, it was, and uh, it was an eye opening experience too, because um, I I did have to be selective. And I've divided it into four sections. One will be essays. One will be talks I've given around the U.S. as well as in Europe. One will be reviews. And one will be interviews. And what was eye-opening to me was the diversity of uh, types of artists I gravitated to. So when I was curating, I don't know if you know this, I did a retrospective of Mel Bachner, Barry LaVey. I did a, a very special show of Elizabeth Murray's drawings. I was one of the first people to show Nancy Spiro's black paintings. However, sure, I and Martin Martin per year
0: Gordon Mattaclar- yeah, and also Martin Perrier, Gordon Gordon clark Mattaclar- and robert wilson and and, and, and several others.
1: Well, and also it became very interesting to me how very early I became interested in uh, Latin American artists. I showed very early a man from Chicago named Alejandro Romero. Uh, I was then the guest curator in uh, Puerto Rico at San, in San Juan at the Muse del uh, the, the I think Museo del Arte de San Juan. Uh, doing Mari Mater O'Neill's retrospective of her paintings. And very early I showed Martin Perrier, And and so it was kind of interesting, not only from the the different kinds of artists, but even before people began to really focus on artists of color. So I was very interested in strong women artists, Uh, and then just, I find I did lean quite a bit towards sculpture and that's why I write frequently for Sculpture Magazine.
0: And so on, on reflection of all of that, that's, you're saying you're, it's curious the artists you were drawn to, so what conclusions do you draw from that now? Like, why, why to those particular artists? I mean, that's, that was your, that was your interest, that was your impulse, and in retrospect it, it may seem like a, um. Like a plan or or a program, but I guess it wasn't then. So, uh, what? No, it
1: was just it was just kind of looking at who were significant people at a certain point in time, and um, I felt like Mel Bachner was a very important artist, uh, and I was surprised that there hadn't been a major show of his work. So I gravitated to wanting to understand his work. Uh, The other artist who I feel is probably the most significant artist I ever worked with was uh, Barry LeVay. Uh, Very complex, very smart, and very important work. And I am hoping some museum will eventually do a major retrospective of his work because there is a lot to be learned from that art. Um, It wasn't like a plan or I don't have a particular focus. It was just zeroing in on who I thought were important people and who were contributing something. And I wanted to really delve into the work. One of the things I did learn was my interest was in mid-career artists because there was a significant amount of work produced that one could investigate and analyze.
0: Yeah, that's so, that's so interesting. And, and of course, the times have changed in terms of, um, of the artists that, that are, of course, that are out there, but also how they're working. You know, a, a lot of the artists you're talking about, in, including, which I'd like to talk more about, Barry LeVay is, are um there's not many artists working quite like that he was, um, you know working with process art and, um, and of course installation but that's um we don't see a lot of that now right i was just recently i was at dia and um in beacon new york and thinking you know this this um this feels like a like a historic museum and and we're not seeing work like that we're not seeing artists work in that way now i mean you this was well,
1: I think we're living through a time where theory and ideology is driving what we're seeing. You know, I think we've, like, the pendulum has swung so far, and, and the focus is on have, finding a remedy to how artists of color, minorities, were excluded. And so the focus, I think, is a lot on the, um, let's say, remedying that exclusion. However, when you focus so far to that, let's say, angle or point, you will then start excluding other kinds of artists. But I think they're out there. You know, one of the reasons I think Rona Pondek is an important artist, she's her own person. And maybe that's the thing I began to see with the artists I've gravitated to, uh, Puryear, LaVey, Bachner. Th- they weren't part of anything. They just were doing the work. Another artist I could add who I was going to do his work, but because of circumstances mm-hmm. at Carnegie Mellon, the show couldn't happen, was Keith Sonier, And that's another kind of a individual artist um and i I really kind of respect these people who have their own let's say tune, and they marched to it
0: and is that something that's not happening as much now? i mean as you say we've come full swing there's there's some um i mean we'd like to think that all artists are kind of marching to their own tune that are kind of creating their own their own world, but that's not happening in quite the same way as it was.
1: Oh, I don't think it's happening at all, because if you go to a lot of, I mean, the Whitney Biannual is a very good example of a, a show of the moment, of uh, this focus, and while there's some good work there, um, it's it's a very focused show on social issues.
0: right 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 which is which is very different than than some of the artists that that we've just been discussing um and this is this has changed also writing about art right in 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 the sense well, that, that I, so many things have changed there's more critics, there's more writers everywhere now but but that also changes the notion of what it means to be a critic or a writer or or a theorist
1: i I think we're living in an era where everyone thinks they're a writer and they're a curator.
0: And, and is, that, is, that, are, is, is that how we? Yeah, I mean that's how we get people like, like Jerry Saltz, right? <laughs> not to name names, but that's how we get people like Jerry Saltz, right? Not to name names, but it's a very different a very different kind of critic, a, a kind of pop uh, critic or something that's, that's that's not based in the in the kind of history or 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 context that that you began writing in.
1: Well, I think, you know, there are different kinds of critics and there are different audiences for different critics. Uh, Very early on when I was in uh, undergraduate school, I was fortunate enough in a literature class to read the writings of James Agee. And that writing really hit me. Uh, And the reason I say it hit me is that he could use... And imbue humor into his critical writing, but he could still be writing critically. I think we're living also in a time where people don't write critically. Um, I think it's more reporting historically, but a lot of venues don't want you to be critical because if you're critical, you could be offensive. And if you're offensive, you could also impact. Um advertising and sponsorship you know you you put your head out there uh critically, you can get shot
0: so so why is that is it, I mean is that a a uh, function of economics that uh, that in galleries when we talk about artists like Barry levey and, and and so many others that that you've um championed in a sense these were artists whose involvement with the market was something completely different than what the market is today is is what you're just saying a function of 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 the market late capitalism so to speak that this this kind of pressure of of galleries to to sell or art fairs to sell well, well i and think thus the market has to become yeah. bigger burn. no no and i just meant for and, and for reviewers to somehow support that system but but you were you're talking about the market
1: well, the market has changed radically, and so have the galleries. You know, there's a different kind of gallery mentality today. Uh, let's go back to the 80s, and, and who were where was Barry LaVey showing? Where was people like Ashley Bickerton showing? Where was Bachner showing? They were at some of them. And that's an old-fashioned, that was a very old-fashioned gallery. And while they wanted to sell, it wasn't the selling as much as, I think, for Ileana was, and Antonio was the discovery of significant people. I mean, we have to keep in mind, remember, it was Ileana who first showed us Jeffrey Koons. You know, and then he exploded into the market, but when he was starting there he wasn't Jeff Koons he became Jeff Koons eventually but her picking him was not immediately the market and I think you know we also have a different kind of collector today I think art has become a commodity and uh, it's part of your diversified excuse me diversified portfolio back a while ago that wasn't an issue so you know so our times changed, have so, so that's,
0: that's that's changed how how you write then essentially right that's changed how how uh, how you can approach things as a critic
1: mm, i no i wouldn't say that i would say as a critic i really try to look at the art for what it is And I continue to try to write about people who I think are just interesting. There's a really kooky artist up in Provincetown named Jay Critchley. And uh, I did a major interview with him for Sculpture Magazine. Um, You should look up his work. Um, He's not very much in the market but he's having such an impact of what he does up in Provincetown. Uh, He raises huge amounts of money by events he sponsors, and it goes for helping women who are abused as well as women who are infected with AIDS. Uh, But his work is so inventive. So it's like, what do I write about? I, I still try... To look at who's interesting. Mm. I don't care if you're popular. I care if you're interesting. A lot of things that are showcased, you know, when you walk through Chelsea and you walk through some of the galleries, you, you just, you know, turn your head and go, "Why is this here?"
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, to to talk a little bit about. Barry LeVay, because uh, it's a fascinating artist who so recently um, passed away. Pardon?
1: I couldn't hear you. I, I'm sorry. I could...
0: So talk a little bit about Barry LeVay, the the artist that, that you've invested a lot of time in and is, is also a fascinating figure who, who so recently died. Um, yes. His, his, his work has also had a, a big impact on your writing?
1: Well, yes. The work for me... Um, You know a lot of people look at the work and they don't understand it but you have to go back into who the artist was he was trained in mathematics and in uh, architecture and he was a man who really was fascinated with space and how sculpture occupied space but what about the space in which things occupy and I just really became fascinated with his analytical thinking and the problem-solving. I have to tell you, when I was writing the catalog for his show, I would sometimes be in tears because I thought, what did I get myself into? I don't know. And there was one section of his work called Accumulated Vision. And it was so difficult. And until one day I got this one aha insight into that work, I suddenly couldn't move on. But he was really a continuous problem solver. It wasn't a recipe. It wasn't trying to make money. It was really an artist dealing with what he was focused on. Uh, We also shared an interest in Sherlock Holmes and how LeVay always said he would present you with a lot of clues, but then he would withhold something and leave it to you to solve. So I guess perhaps the impact was the challenge of trying to understand. You know, I don't need to go and look at art where a museum or a gallery has to give me a two-page wall piece, and unless I read the information, I cannot comprehend anything i'm looking at so i think there's a
0: balance I, i guess that that's a balance that everyone's struggling with today in a sense right how much has to be said how much has to be left out because of course that i that idea of sherlock holmes and and presenting a certain amount of information but not all the information is in my mind what's always made Art exciting that's what brings the viewer in that's what allows us to to kind of engage with the work as opposed to um, reading the work as, as, as if well, it's a, a book or something
1: precisely and you really hit the nail on the head because today a lot of work you cannot deny is socially the issues are socially relevant that I would say yes 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 however If really was someone was that committed to an issue a cause, why not write a book? Is it really an art for a show, or is it really a book to be uh, read? So I think one has to. You know, our some art today is so illustrative that you say, "Wait a minute! I just saw that on the news. I just saw that on PBS. I just saw that on CNN." Uh, and yet, it's almost like a uh, illustration.
0: Yeah. So true. So true. That's very interesting. And um, so, so this anthology of writings. Before I ask you the last question. Um, is there anything else you want to say about that? I, I I hope this gets published soon because I'd love to read that and share that. Um, I'm, a, I'm a I'm a fan of yours, but also um, as as this comes together, there's there's a number of issues, which is one, which ones you select, which you're obviously in the process of, but also how it reflects on our current culture, which we're talking about now, how it reflects on on. Uh, the state of, of, of writing about art today is, is isn't that correct? And, and, and if so, it will it will somehow um, contribute to that conversation as well.
1: Well, my, my biggest thing of wanting to do this anthology is to you know try to provide in a volume information about a diverse group. Of creators. Um, I think we need to have other points of view from what we're um, just seeing today. We need to know who produced things in, let's say, the 80s, the 90s, and now, but it doesn't fall, none of this falls into a single category. Um, two people whose books have inspired me, and I don't know if you've seen them, uh, Kim Levin in New York did a really interesting, uh, anthology of her writings, and then last year, Rob Storr, I don't know if you've seen his, um, book.
0: But yes, before, I have, yeah, and, uh, I've also interviewed him, yeah, very, very interesting, um, Yeah, of course. I have a lot of respect for Bob Storr. I I found his book very
1: insightful to expand my horizons about different artists and different issues.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Um, Elaine. It's been a pleasure talking with you today. I'm 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 looking forward to the to the anthology, and I want to ask you one more question off topic, which is, what are you reading at the moment?
1: Um, I'm reading um, The Magician. Uh, it's a historical fiction about Thomas Mann, and uh, it's by uh, Colin Tobin, and I really highly recommend it. Uh, it gets you into very contentious period in Europe between the wars, as well as his issues uh, Dealing with his uh, homosexuality and hiding that, and yet using that in his writings, the dealing with the uh, whole German culture, his creativity. I, I really like the book.
0: Elaine, thanks so much for talking with me today. I I wish you well in your future work and books, and thank you again so much for talking with me. And thank you. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.